0: rutherford issues with brian barrett on fm 101.9 and am 1450 murfreesboro fm 100.5 smyrna and streaming at
1: wgnsradio.com back on rutherford issues today state representative mike sparks joins us and um, you know it's always a roller coaster ride whenever mike's driving so uh, good morning mr sparks
0: Hey man, how you doing?
1: I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So you are uh, deep in the bowels of something right now.
0: Well, I'm doing some sheetrock work. I got Jim Jim Winchester from my church, one of our deacons at church, and also one of my Sunday school teachers. He's helped me do some sheetrock, which I'm not a professional at sheetrock, so he's helping me. God bless him for doing it. He he's got a they've got our our church has a ministry uh, called Helping Hands, and they'll. They'll like they built Marty Luffman's handicap ramp, 83 feet long, and then they built this handicap ramp at the State Farm building that, that Marty built, and he was like 33. Uh, so he he said he'd help me do some little sheetrock fixing and things like that. So God bless us. So I'm here helping him do that, and I'm, i I think you had my my former professor on the radio, uh, Dr. Bill Krauss, didn't you?
1: uh he was hosting the Roundtable. yeah he's the thursday Man, host he,
0: i'm gonna tell you that that's not only is he a great guy that's one interesting car- uh, character right there
1: yeah he he certainly has has done a lot and um uh, uh, you know he did radio back in his early days too so
0: well he uh, many many of your listeners may not know it, you know uh his daughter's Jennifer Kraus
1: uh she is the um uh, she works at news channel 5 as a reporter and weekend morning anchor so yeah
0: Well, she's got something interesting. Uh, uh, You know, my intern, Sarah Snyder, is going to be on with you. I'm real proud of her. She's been probably the best intern I've ever had at the Capitol. And, um, uh, you know, I've got that reference-based pricing, that health care transparency legislation that you and I have talked about for probably four years now. And, uh, I mean, it's challenging um, the status quo, if you will. Uh, We think we found a bunch of overcharges from – uh, some major health care companies that, that are with the uh, state health care plan and the millions of dollars. So Jennifer's looking at it. Um, and you know, a lot of people don't realize the, there's, there's a lot of uh, leverage, power, in a sense, with investigative journalists like Jennifer Krause. So she's on it. But when, when I was on with Dr. Uh, Krause's show a few weeks ago, we had Ralph Weber on. Ralph runs a company called Metabid. And uh, he's been telling me that reference-based pricing would really not only improve um, transparency within the healthcare care system, but also lower cost and also improve competition, which also, you know, utilizes more free market principles. But, but uh, yeah, I appreciate y'all having Dr. Krause. I, I even took his class because I told you we took on the issue of low pay of adjuncts, and um, we produced a, a video, and um, – you know, run legis- which led to legislation which led to pay raise for adjuncts a lot of people don't realize that adjuncts i mean they they may make eighteen to twenty two thousand dollars a year at our universities now um mtsu i'm sure pays a little bit more but um but you know they're the front lines of reaching these young people shaping and molding these young young lives you know but um but he does a he does a great job but um so You got to meet my intern up there, right?
1: Yeah, Sarah's here. You want to say hi to him?
0: Hey, hey Sarah. Mike. How you doing? What's up, Mike? <laughs> Are you scared?
2: No, I've done this before. I'm good.
0: Have <laughs> <laughs> so hey, you ever been on radio before?
2: Yeah, we did the um, intern radio show at the Capitol when I was interning. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. We done the, That's right. We've done the, the show up there. I forgot about that. Yeah, Sarah's father's a Mount Juliet police officer, and her mom's a Russell County school teacher. And um, so it's been interesting. Sarah came in and helped me on our job fair at parkway baptist um our expungement clinic where we're trying to help people that may have gotten in trouble when they were 18 19 20 you know got like one guy got in trouble for selling pot when he was 19 he's got that on his record he's 40 years old now and uh we're able to help him we've got new laws that's went in effect so a lot of times the media doesn't really inform people of some of the uh, things that 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 the state's doing to help improve lives and improve workforce development, because uh, this guy probably wouldn't have been able to get hired on as a truck driver for the county solid waste department, or he probably couldn't become a substitute teacher, because he got in trouble for selling marijuana when he was 19 years old. You know, now he's 40, he's got a successful business. Uh, but Sarah volunteered her time to come in there and and help work that um that job fair and expungement clinic, and we're going to do another one in September. If folks have a child or a cousin or they themselves maybe got in trouble when they were in their late teens or 20s or 30s and it's been, you know, 10, 15 years later, um, we're trying to help people, you know, get back to work and get their lives improved. So if they want more information, they can call my office, 741 6829.
1: So, Mike, what was kind of your idea of of talking with sarah and and sarah before i let mike talk here because it may be a second before you have another chance uh, (laughs) um tell me who you brought with you today
2: yeah i brought um someone that i have class with uh she started up a legal studies society i think on campus and so that's going to help students on campus um you know study for the lsat apply to uh, law school um things of that sort and so it's I guess I'll let her talk about it if she wants to.
1: Okay, we'll we'll do that. And it's let me let me see if I can do this. Elof Alcazaz. Yeah, you got it. it uh, yeah, is yeah. it closer? I uh, get it. No, you got it. You okay, got it. all right. You know, when I I'm not making fun, but when you say Alcazaz, is that something like a magician says? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I bet you get that a lot. I need don't a you? wand. Yeah, you need a wand. I do.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, um, I started up this organization about a year and a half ago, I noticed that we don't have an organization or a group of people who can help students, you know, get everything together before law school and study for the LSAT. And going into law school is a really huge transition, especially for us undergrad, no matter how much you prepare, there's always gonna be something you just don't know about. And that's what we're here for, you know, we're trying to build everybody up into um, great students, And, you know, great role models for the rest of the people on campus. And that's really my job is just to give them the tools they need to move forward and succeed before, during, and after law school, because, you know, I just like to help people succeed and see them win just as much as I see myself succeed. So I want to share all that with everybody else. And I'm also working on trying to get voting on campus with the American Democracy Project organization i've been trying to do that for about a year now and i've ran into some road bumps but we're moving forward no matter how much they tell me no, i'm still gonna keep trying so now
1: when you say voting on campus are you talking about like for the county general and state election and that kind of thing having a precinct on campus Mm -hmm. okay
3: early voting voting on actual voting dates because you know that's our right at the end of the day and they're not giving them to us. And not everyone has the access or privilege ability to go and vote off campus. You know, not everyone has a car or they just simply don't have that type of time. So bringing it on campus will be such a valuable asset for us as students and citizens.
1: What uh, What roadblocks are you getting from
3: Yeah, that? so our election commission has given me a hard time, you know, just bringing that opportunity in they always throw in excuses which i'm like we still need it they throw excuses like oh but you know it's a mile away you know you can just drive and i'm like we don't have that type of time you know we're consistently working so hard to you know pay rent to go to class do exams constantly studying we don't have that type of time we're always burnt out they just don't seem to get that you know they think we're still in the 80s or 90s you know life is still easy like no do you see inflation do you see how the gas prices look how hard it is for people to pay rent nowadays like it's only getting worse as time moves on and they're just giving me a hard time with it i'm like please just let us vote on campus it's really not that hard
1: so the biggest obstacle is they're saying well there's a precinct a mile away from you yes okay
3: and i used to work at this school that they suggest like oh we can just go there this school is kind of far it's a walk you know And is it's, it central
1: magnet no okay. well actually i think there
3: is there there is one at central magnet and there's also one at Hobgood, i believe
1: mm-hmm.
3: and i'm like why are you just giving us so many roadblocks to make our life hard and i'm uh, yeah but yeah.
0: So, yeah.
1: <laughs> Mike, um, any comments, questions for either Sarah or lost
0: Man, those are those are those are tough ones. Like I said, I didn't, uh, whatever they want to talk about is what I, I want to do. You know, there's there's Reeves Rogers across the street. Maybe that's you know uh, something that's that's convenient for 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 them. We do have the convenience voting centers. I, I would argue not to be disagreeable, but I'd argue that that it's it's more convenient. For folks to vote today than it was ten years ago, or twenty years ago, or thirty years ago. Now, can it be better? I'm sure it can. Um, you know, if Sarah wants to set up a meeting with the Secretary of State, we can do that. You know, I've had, uh, you know, Trey Harkin on the radio. I've had him at MTSU. I've had him at Motlow. I've had TCAT at the library. In fact, I think he's going to come in with me next month, so we could we could put down, you know, we could set up a, a little coffee or something if if you want to meet with the Secretary of State, talk yeah, to Alan Farley. You know, we. Well, I mean, we, it is it is more convenient. I never thought about. The, the walking, I never thought about really that. Um, but I, I totally agree with her, what young people are facing today. With you know the tuition debt's what 1.7 trillion. It was one point. It was one trillion just short eight years ago. So one of my issues is, is, is as Sarah knows, is the the high cost of tech college textbook. That's an issue I've tried to take on, uh, which we haven't con- finished the study last year. Uh, which the study showed that 71% of students did not take a class because of the high cost of textbooks. Thus, I would say there's a correlation with with students not graduating on time. The college debt, I think the cost of college is a little too high, especially with technology. That's an issue I would encourage um, uh, her to, to, to try to take on with, uh, I think they call them moats, um, uh, you know, more of the online classes. There's Coursera, there's so many other classes that you could take online. Now, can those correlate back and get a college credit towards that same political science degree if it's a class online. I think those are things that we could look at. I've talked to Bob Corker about it when he was senator, talked to Randy Boyd about it, who's now the UT president, talked to Dr. McPhee about it. And they've all been very um, conducive to to listening to, to outside-the-box ideas. Um, and times they are changing. And i tell you what, what like Bob Dylan said, and I'm, they probably don't even know who Bob Dylan uh, is, but um, but his famous quote, you know, times they are changing with his song. But well, one thing I did want to say that I was sitting and thinking about when I was listening to, to to her talk about the 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 difficulties that young people are facing today, especially with housing. And I and I don't know if Sarah's okay with me. Sarah, you remember what I asked you about housing? You remember what you come back with the quote you said?
2: Yeah, I believe you said. Um do you have any hope for moving out anytime soon? You know, because I go to MTSU, I live in Smyrna, so I'm still living at home. And I said, no, I don't really have any hope right now. You know, it seems almost impossible. Me too.
0: Man, let that sink in, Brian. Say what you just said again, Sarah.
2: I don't have any hope.
0: Wow. I mean, if that doesn't, if that doesn't get to you, Something's wrong because, and what are the seeing the cost of housing? And yeah. it's really sad. But well, that's um, that's what I was. Thankfully, she's got good parents and grandparents.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I kind of wanted to to dive into. What makes you, you know, help us understand why there's no hope of being able to to move out anytime soon? Is what what are the biggest challenges in your mind?
2: Right. So, um, you know, I I would consider myself to be very very financially responsible. You know, since the time I was probably 16. i worked two jobs and went to school. um, And I save 70 to 80% of what I make every month. Um, That being said, I don't have to pay rent right now. But you know, I have a car bill, car insurance, phone bill, everything else except for rent and utilities. But um, so I have a pretty great credit score, you know, all of that. But it's like, there, it's, it, it's almost impossible to get enough money just to even have a down payment on a house these days. You know, I live in a, a pretty middle class neighborhood in Smyrna, and um, my parents bought their house in I want to say the summer of 2016 for maybe 280 thousand. And there's houses on my road selling for over a million dollars right now. So mm. it's just insane the way that the prices have gone up. Um, you know, my parents tell me all the time they bought their first house for eighty thousand dollars and it was a three bedroom, two bathroom house in Murfreesboro. And I'm like, if you drive by that same house right now, it's probably worth four or five hundred thousand dollars. Like, it's just, and and, and the wages are the same. You know, how did they expect people to pay all these increased prices and they're not getting paid more money? Yeah. You know, it just, it's
1: 105,000 for me.
2: Yeah. See, I mean, and
1: my dad bought, um, a house so that this is would be two generations and I guess that would have been maybe the uh 60s early 70s and and I think it was 12,000 yeah something like that you know See, so, that's crazy <laughs> I, I mean
2: $12,000 like that can't even buy you a car right no, now you know what that's I mean right. so
1: not even a, a good used car no uh so w- what is what is the answer what is affordable housing I mean I, I think Mike starting off it's so It's so tough to find a job that allows you to, you know, the your first job's not going to really get you into a home, and with rent being fifteen hundred, eighteen hundred, two thousand dollars a month, maybe at the lowest, that's a big chunk monthly coming out. I guess he's hanging drywall, but um,
0: oh no, I I'm 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 listening to you, Brian. Well, you know, it really is. It's a huge issue. You know, I started asking. This uh, uh, question in a survey I do probably six or seven years ago, um, because it, it's not really the government's role. I, w- I, I would argue it's not the government role. Now, there THDA can help with first-time home buyers. There, you know, there is um, Section Eight. There is some areas out there, but you know, like this house right here that I'm in. It's, it's. I've moved from this home. We're remodeling. I'm letting a a, a young lady that needed housing to to just stay here. She just stays here five days a week and just she's just helped me offset the, the the cost of utilities i mean my wife just sent me the electric bill from our business it's it's five hundred dollars we've never had an electric bill five hundred dollars and she sent me a little uh, i guess she called it a meme or something like that and it's, a, it's you know got a tear from the eye she's over at our business now and, that would you know, be that an emoji back to, it, an emoji that was yeah, called yeah. emoji i'm come sorry. on man and, uh, <laughs> i know i'm trying to to, to get with it um but you know, it's really challenging when you you know it goes back to inflation. But I said also goes back to leadership and uh, and free market principles. And you know, when we go back and we we uh, uh, you know look at the, the cost of fuel, there's so many barriers that's hitting these young people. Um, I think you got to get creative. I mean, I, I think I, I tell my assistant Marvin, he's studying for for um, LSAT now. I just called him thirty minutes ago. real proud of him. I tell him to study the market, study real estate as much as you can. Y'all bought my first house at 22 on Nissan, which is now our business. I bought it and I said, one day it's gonna be commercial. I was just 22. She was, at least she was 19, got it for $60,000. And um, uh, it was tough, you know, raising two kids back then, but I think you've got to get creative. I'm trying to get Marvin to buy a home, remodel it, and just rent out three or four bedrooms to help offset those costs. you know, thankfully, and she goes back to that word hope, and I think that was key, I wanted her to say that, because people have to have hope. That's a word I hear, whether it's Team Challenge, uh, Jean Garcia talked about hope, you know, we've got that Men of Hope Bible study we do at Hope Fellowship Church, and that's a common theme I hear from people when they feel like they don't have hope. Um, it's got to be just just daunting on somebody. But like i come back with Sarah when she said that, I said, well... You've got you've got parents, you've got grandparents, and not everybody has the potential to have an inheritance. You know what I mean? And my dad left me a little something when he passed away, and um, you know we're taking care of my mom now, um, but she does have hope, and I think it's hope because she has a potential inheritance from her parents and grandparents.
1: Well, I mean, I I, I, I kind of get that the hope is you know, you see no way in the near future that you're going to be able to afford to buy a home where it is now. Now, our future becomes clearer once we get closer in the next two years, three years, five years. Things are different. You know, my son got married in April, you know, a year and a half ago. He wasn't thinking about that and moving into a place and and that kind of thing. So it does happen quickly, but uh, affordable housing is an issue uh you know dr kraus and randy allen just talked about that on the program earlier um yeah and and we're not really seeing a lot of inroads in that would that be a fair statement
0: I, I for me I, I i agree but i think you've got to start the conversation and that's why i did that that survey years ago to just say hey what are folks thoughts i mean we've got you know thda's been on the route the radio with us um uh, Ralph Perry, the director, has been on, on on the show, you know, a few times over the years. Um but it's a it's a serious issue that, that I think um we gotta engage in, we gotta talk we gotta talk about it. And um I've just seen that goes back to the importance of the media to talk about these things. They just had a report last night. Um it was uh Channel five and the one bedroom home was one bedroom apartment was seventeen hundred ninety. Two bedroom was eighteen fifty, which I was surprised they were so close. Um, but I think we have to have that conversation uh, to find, you know, creative solutions. But also, you know, I run that bill years ago, three years ago. I talked about affordable housing, and and we also talked about all the demands because I had the National Home Building Association come up and testify before a committee. That eighty at that time, it's probably a hundred thousand now, at that time, about four years ago, eighty three thousand dollars was nothing but government, was nothing but mandate fees, impact fees, inspection fees. And people don't realize fees are taxes. You know, you wanna build a, a garage on the you know, you got five acres in Christianity, you wanna build a garage back there. Look at the fees you're gonna pay, all the fees and costs. A lot of people don't think that. So the more government that we put in place, a lot of times the cost go up. And I always remember who I consider my late mentor was Bob Spivey, very successful businessman and, um, you know, developed Target, Cracker Barrel, all the hotels, Starbucks, I mean, he even owned Starbucks. And I would often hear Bob talk about these things. And, um, even Reagan said, you know, many times the, 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 the problem is government, you know, but we also need government to look for solutions, um, to try to help these young people like Sarah and her uh, her colleague there today.
1: Sarah, um, I'm going to let you and Elof kind of give me a minute on future plans, what you hope to do down the road and uh, to kind of close us out. Do you want to start us off?
3: Yeah. So um, I'm also studying for the LSAT. I want to go to law school, you know, just do the whole shebang. Uh, I want to be an intellectual property lawyer, probably international, um, hopefully. But I want to kind of work my way up. So I'd start here in America and then, you know, work my way up in the international courts. That's kinda of my dream, but um, we'll see how it goes.
2: So yeah.
1: No, oh, that's awesome. What about you, Sarah?
2: Yeah, I mean I'm doing the same thing, studying for the LSAT, planning on going to law school. Um you know, I'm kinda of at a crossroad right now. I either want to go into try and go to federal law enforcement, FBI, ATF, T B I, something like that. Or, um, you know, try to practice entertainment law. Um, so, you know, I guess hopefully I figure out which way I'm kind of leaning towards once I get to law school and maybe do some internships there, um, take some classes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just have those two options open right now. And so wherever life takes me, that's where I'm going to go.
1: Well, I hope uh, you'll consider this an invitation to come back and, you know, the next five years at least, and let us know how things are going. It, it'd be kind of interesting to catch up and see where you are then.
0: Yes, sir. Of course.
1: All right. Uh, Mike, uh, closing word.
0: Yeah, you know, if Sheriff Fitzhugh or Deputy Chief Keith Lowry is listening, they need to keep an eye on Sarah. You know, Sarah's grandfather's my deacon at church, which is a weird, I call him God wink moments. I mean, for the odds of yeah. him to be my deacon is rare. But she's got so much potential, and, um, and uh, she's probably been the best intern. I've ever had so far. Sarah, just don't tell any of the other interns I told you that, okay?
2: (laughs) I'll keep it our secret.
0: (laughs) All right. Y'all take care. Thank you, Brian.
1: Yeah, thank Thank you. you. (laughs) And if you missed any part of our show, be sure to check the podcast under Rutherford Issues at WGNSRadio.com.